I'm going to look at a couple of verses before we get to the outline. First Chronicles chapter 12. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. I live by this, and I believe for this in my life. As a man of God, as a spiritual leader. And this is back when King David was putting his armies together, putting his kingdom together to serve God. And he had different people that had different gifts, different abilities, different, different abilities, different anointings. And then it talks about this tribe of Ishakar. It says, out of the children of Ishakar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Right now, in America, there's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of preachers, and most Americans that paying any attention to anything at all. Some people think it's just a game like a ball game. If they're like a ball game, somebody wins, somebody loses. No, it's not like that at all. There's really serious things going on. And so God will give his leaders that seek him, like I do, understanding of the time so we're not confused. I'm not confused at all. And a lot of you aren't confused at all about what's really going on. But... Did you notice that part there? To tell Israel what to do. I've got understanding from the Bible to know what Christians ought to do. We are covenant people with a covenant God. The Holy Spirit is not dead. The Holy Spirit that lives in you as a born-again Christian, that lives in me as a born-again Christian, shows us from the Bible what to do. Like anything else in our Christian life, just because God shows us what to do doesn't mean we have to do it. We have a choice to do it. And so I'm going to look at some things today. It's going to show us some things to do. And I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. And not only do I want you to hear what I've got to say for the Bible today, but hear my heart today. Hear my heart today. I'm... I'm not, uh, you know, just one thing I can say, I'm not pro one candidate candidate that's running for office in any office being run, and I'm not one anti-candidate. I'm pro-Jesus. I'm pro-God's people. I'm pro-Bible. I'm pro for America being great again like God wants it great again. You know, that expression there may be what a candidate uses, but I use it biblically. I want America graced again. Remember that song we just heard saying, God shed his grace on thee? We're going to see in the word of God what that means today when God shed his grace on somebody. How many here have the grace of God on your life? Amen. What's that grace bring? It brings blessing. It brings financial provision. It brings safety. It brings protection. It brings favor. It brings the goodness of God into your life. God shed his grace on America centuries ago. And we're going to see in the word of God about that. Jeremiah 3.15 says this, And I will give you pastors. <clears throat> Who gives pastors? God does. Pastors aren't voted in. They're not hired. God's the one that calls certain men, certain women to be pastors according to mine heart. In other words, God said, I'll put my heart of love and compassion inside of human people. I'll put God's heart in there, he said, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. And so just as surely as God sometimes leads a pastor to teach people how to get right with him through repentance of things, how to receive healing in their body if they need healing, how to get blessed financially by being tithers, how to get their mouth under control so they don't all the time go around spitting out wrong things and offending people and hurting people. Uh, so many things God teaches people through their pastors that this is no different today. God has a pastor right here that's going to feed you of knowledge and understanding about America. Going to show you what to do for the Word of God. So get my heart in this because if you love some political party or some politician... More you do God, you'll get offended today. But if you love God, more you do some man, some woman, 
or some institution that you're going to be happy today and say, boy, I'm so glad I finally understand what's going on. I'm so glad that God gave me a pastor that fed me of knowledge from the Word of God and helped me to understand how I can pray, how I can help change my country. Amen? Amen. And so that's what God said. And so, America will rise or fall based upon Christians' choices. Look at Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34, and I'm going to look at it out of the New Living Translation. And actually, that's going to be on the screen, so you can turn there or you can look on the screen. And this is feeding you with Bible knowledge. Bible knowledge always, 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 always is greater than human knowledge. Bible knowledge will get you born again. Bible knowledge will get you healed. Bible knowledge will get your children out of trouble and serving God. Bible knowledge will restore a broken home. Bible knowledge will help your finances get put in order. Bible knowledge will help you be a citizen of the kingdom of God, first of all, and then a citizen of America so you could help America. And so Proverbs 14, verse 34, is so real in this spiritual arena that it says, Godliness makes a nation great. Godliness means living in line with the standards of God's word will make a nation great. But what's that three-letter word? Somebody say that three-letter word loud. What will sin do? It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace to any people. So a nation gets great where they live how God wants them to live. But sin in a nation will disgrace it. And so the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. I won't get on very many bunny trails if I can help it, but I'll say this. We had, we had all the, not all of them, had a lot of the young people from the church to our house on Friday night. I've got a pretty nice backyard, got grass and trees and stuff in it. I had a fire pit going. I had my gas grill going. and We had stuff we cooked. and sit around in lawn chairs around my fire pit roasting and having fellowship. And just the just flow of the Holy Ghost talking to young people about today, young people uh, teenagers and in their 20s sitting around the fire there. And I just was like a, like a grandfather in their faith sitting there, just started saying some things. And I told these young people, I said, you would not believe our country now for what it was in the 1950s when I grew up, and 1960s when I grew up. But you know what? Back then, there was not any drug-sniffing dogs, bomb-sniffing dogs, or any threats of guns in our schools. You know what the biggest threat was in our school? To the devil, because the Bibles that they read in our schools back then. Our teachers back at our schools back then were allowed to pray. They were allowed to quote the Bible, teach the Bible, and sing songs that were patriotic songs of Christian songs in our schools back then. Our nation was more of a godly nation back then. In a godly nation, nobody ever had to have a drill around our schools about what happens if a shooter shows up. They couldn't get close to our schools. You know why? Because God lived in our schools. Why did God live in our schools? Because our elected leaders chose to be godly people. Because our people chose to elect people that believed in biblical principles. So things changed. And then over the course of time, people begin to say, that's not right to pray in school. So the devil just said, oh boy, if they can't pray, I can come in now. Well, that's not right to use the name of Jesus in schools, but teach about all kinds of religions. Just don't treat, teach about that Christian religion. And the devil said, oh, boy, I'd come into school then, and I'd bring all kinds of things into schools. So anyway, there's been a progression of going downhill because godliness causes the church to be blessed, causes a nation to be blessed. But then when people start getting into sin and teaching more about sin and condoning sin and saying, and what is sin? Sin's just real simple to me. God tells you in the Word things to do, and you choose to disobey what God said to do, that's sin. God tells you in the Word things not to do, and you do them, that's sin. God tells us how to live. God tells us how to talk. God tells us how to treat our fellow citizens. 
And these, these young people I was talking to the other night, I just started seeing things that's so obvious to me. Think about this. Started having battles a few years ago about the Ten Commandments being in a public square on a courthouse wall. And I, I made this statement to the young people. I said, just think about that, how, how bad that is. You got somebody coming to the court to be judged because they did wrong, and this is so bad to teach them on the wall, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. <laughs> thou shalt not hurt thy neighbor. On the wall there. Boy, that's so horrible the crooks would have to read that. Where do you think these attacks are coming from in our society to take God out of our society? We as Christians can get this restored. You know, uh, I, I was telling Robert this morning, we were talking there about what I was going to preach today. I said, you know what, in our nation right now, we have two spirits working. You got the Holy Spirit and you got the spirit of the devil. And we got two kinds of people. You got people that listen to the devil and they listen to lies and they vote in people do things to get people in that make laws and things that are totally against God. And then you got some people that listen to their heart, to the Holy Spirit, and they say, I don't care what they're saying. I see what they're doing. And I'm going to vote this way because of what I say in the Word of God, that godliness caused my nation to be blessed and sin caused my nation to go down. And I want my nation to come back to godliness. Amen? And so we have to know that today we either listen to our flesh when we hear things like this, we listen to the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And so I want you to see this. The spiritual always determines the natural good or bad. Disgrace. It says, says a disgrace. Disgrace means to lose the grace of God. If your grace has been dissed, you've lost it. And so it says sin will cause the grace to lift. In America, when God shed his grace on thee, that brought favor into America. That brought safety and protection into America. That brought blessing on America. And so the Lord taught me years ago... For everything in life, in my life, in my church, in my family, in my nation, if you want to change the fruit, you must change the root. If you want to change the fruit, you must change the root. America has a sin problem. There's lots of manifestations. And, you know, you could just... Look at America, all the wrong things right now, they're manifestations of the grace lifting and the root of sin coming in. America's lost the grace of God. We've got to get it back. And so I'm thinking about the root. To change the root, to change the fruit. I was looking at my grass the other day, and I don't know the fancy names for the weeds that come on grass, but I got some stuff... Uh, the Home Depot guys, they know what it is. Anyway, the stuff, the big white jug with the blue writing. And I was reading it and said, you put it right there on the leaves and it goes down into the root. It kills the root so that weed didn't come back up again. And so if we want America to have economic prosperity again, if we want America to have military might again where we're actually able to protect some things and do some things right and be guarded, <clears throat> if we want America to have a different weather, weather pattern from all these different catastrophes that just happen every day, every week across America, all, all these disasters that didn't used to be here. We want America to be looked up to around the world again. Then we're going to have to change the root of America and get a righteous root growing again. Amen. I want to say it again. In your life personally, if you want to change the fruit in your life, you don't just change on the outside. You've got to change the root on the inside what you've got. You've got to change what you believe. You've got to change what you believe from your heart. And so many Christians and politicians, when it comes to getting caught in bad things in life, they repent about things because they got caught, not because they saw they did wrong and they want to change with God. And I think about King David. I've been studying King David and leaders of the Bible a lot. That King David, King David, when he finally saw the wrong he did by killing uh, Bathsheba's husband Uriah, then when the prophet came, then David, 
instead of getting sorry because he got caught, that all of a sudden David fell on his face and said, oh, 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 I said, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against God. He wanted to change. But then King Saul, right before that, when King Saul got caught because he disobeyed what God told him to do in a battle, that King Saul got upset because he got caught, not because he did wrong. And so for America, we've got to have Christians and we've got to have leaders that quit playing politics with our lives. Quit playing politics with my kids' education, my grandkids, the schools, and all these. We've got to have politicians that, number one, they've got a heart that says, I want to please God with what I do, the decisions I make. I don't care if I ever get elected again. I want to do what's right so we have a country that's turned back to God's greatness. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand. And so Proverbs 29, verse 2. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation also. And I want to tell you again what we're looking at. We're looking at how Christians can bring the blessing of God back. How Christians have everything to do with the direction our country is and where it's going. This is God through his holy written words saying this. God said, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. How much groaning is there going on in America right now? There's a whole lot of groaning going on. There's a whole lot of sorrow in America right now. And so I want to say it again. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. God said that when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. And so we must open the spiritual door for Jesus to be Lord again in our churches. We must open the door for Jesus to be Lord in our churches. For preachers, for church leaders to start living right and not compromise godly values, what the Word of God teaches about morality and about life. We've got to open the spiritual door for Jesus to be Lord in our government, and our education system, our journalism and media. We need the grace of God in America again. We need God's grace. I've been studying leaders in the Old Testament, and I see so many parallels between America and Israel. Look at 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 15 and verse 16. And, you know, I, I just got to say, when we're talking about these things, we're talking Bible. Let me, let me tell you something, what happens in a congregation. If you've got people in the congregation that don't want to tithe because they don't want to tithe, as the pastor talks about money and the blessings and benefit of tithing, then people that don't tithe, they start squirming in their seats. They start getting nervous. If you've got a church that teaches tithing consistently, that if you want the blessing of God in your life, full blessing of God, you need to start being a tither. You need to break 10% to God. Start doing those things that some people, they get so offended, they leave the church to find some church that doesn't believe in tithing. And I say, I just can't agree with that church. All he talks about is money. Well, if you're a pastor that teaches the full counsel of God's word, you talk about right relationships in marriage. And just because somebody might want to have a girlfriend or boyfriend that's not their husband or wife, you don't quit teaching on it because somebody, you teach it so they'll see what's right, so they'll quit messing around and get right. Amen. Amen. You see somebody that's meaner than a junkyard dog, and the Bible says, that faith works by love, that love's greater than faith, that love never fails, and they're having trouble receiving healing. And so you begin to teach them about love, and somebody gets mad at you, and they leak, says, man, that's all I want to talk about, is about people, 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 people. No, you're the one, that's all you ever hear, because God's trying to get your attention. He wants you to get right so you get healed. Well, then you get a preacher shows up, listens to God, and once every ten years, 
he teaches, teaches about politics and the Bible. And then somebody that's firmly engrossed in what they believe about their favorite politician, they say, that's all you're talking about politics in that church. I don't want to go there. That's all they're talking about politics. No, you've got a problem in your life that God's wanting to get your heart so you can get more biblically correct than politically correct. And God wants to change you. So you got offended. It's any Bible subject there is. God calls preachers to teach the Bible to people so people get their thinking straight. So they can live right, so God can bless them how He wants to bless them. And so when we're having a trouble with any subject that's in the Bible that's being taught, and we start getting squirmy, that's probably speaking to us that, man, we better listen to this because it's something I need to hear if it's the Bible. Amen. Does anybody have a problem with the Bible saying that when you got right leaders, a church, a, church, a, a nation does great, but if you got people that are wicked and promote sin, the nation goes down? That's Bible. Amen. And so to me, the answer is real simple. We want more righteous leaders than unrighteous. We want more godly people making decisions than ungodly. Amen. And so I want you to see this. This just gets so rich and so good. 1 Kings 14, verse 15, in the New Living Testament says this way. Then... The Lord will shake Israel like a reed whipped about in a stream. As talk about Israel was turned against God's commandments, having lots of perversion, ungodly things going on, and so judgment began to come on Israel. He will uproot the people of Israel from, the, <clears throat> from this good land that he gave their ancestors and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River. For they have angered the Lord with the Asherah poles they have set up for to worship. And so Israel was getting into a lot of things they shouldn't have got into. And if you look in your Bible dictionaries, if you've got a Bible that has good footnotes for what you're reading, this is so much like America. Asherah was a pagan goddess of fertility. The goddess of fertility. And I will say this. Real easy and protected. Those Asherah poles they were worshiping were sexual emblems. They were perverse things like a certain part of a male body because they were very sexually perverse people. America has a big problem right now with sexual perversion across our land. Sexual perversion is lifted up high. Sexual perversion is very rampant in America. And God began to judge Israel because they were getting into that so seriously, so heavy, infecting his people that God said, that's all I can take. I can't take any more of this. And so I want you to notice very closely this next verse. He will abandon Israel because, listen to this, this was their president, this was their king. He was going to abandon Israel because Jeroboam, the king, sinned, and he made Israel sin along with him. Their spiritual leader over the whole country promoted sin and made Israel to sin. And so everything... Rises and falls on leadership in a family, in a church, in a business, in a city, in a nation. You get a home that has a dad or a mom that wants to serve God, wants to lead that family in the ways of God. And I praise God for all the moms, the dads, the grandmas, the grandpas. Even aunts and uncles I see bring children to this church and all the churches across the land. You get leadership in a family that wants to lead that family in the things of God. Then the blessing on that family increases. The grace increases. But you get a family that has a leader that wants to lead the family into drugs, addictions, crime, violence and those kind of things, then the blessing on that family goes down. Same way for business. 
you get a business where you got the leaders of a business that are crooks. They may look good for a while. At some point in time, that business is going to go down when they get caught. You get a business where you got people of integrity, people that want to do right, want to treat customers right, want to treat people right, want to do right, etc., etc. That business is going to grow. It's going to prosper. It's going to do good. Well, that principle works on a state, on a city, in a nation. And these next few chapters I'm not going to look at, but I've been studying this slowly for just several months. God's been having me just go through the Old Testament and study leaders and things. I cannot tell you how many times in the next few chapters it says that the nation went down because the leader was evil and led the people to do evil. The people imitated what their leader did. The people embraced what the leader said, etc., etc. And then there'll be other ones that'll show up there. It'll say that they had a good heart towards God like King David did. That they served God and obeyed God's commandments like David obeyed God's commandments. And things got better for Israel. In America, as we get leaders in our offices that want to do what's right, like our forefathers laid out in the Constitution about things that are right in our land to do, as we do things that are right, then Americans begin to follow what's right. But we get people vote what's wrong and say, this is what you got to do, then you begin to see America start going downhill again. And so everything rises and falls on leadership. Somebody say good preaching. Man, say it louder. (laughs) Amen. And so I want to say this. I'm ordained pastor in the Preachers of Righteous Network. I don't preach politics. I preach from the Holy Written Word of God, the Bible. I want to say this over and over again so we stay on the same page. As you can see in these verses, the political leaders of a nation are either going to please God and lead the people into blessings or totally grieve God and lead people into the judgment of God. Somebody said, do you believe in judgment? It's in the Bible. God's going to judge me. If I do wrong, I may get judged a whole lot sooner than I want to. Same thing for you. God judges nations. Matter of fact, multiple times in the Bible it says there's going to come a place. It's going to be called the Battle of Armageddon. But anyway, when these great battles of the future play out, it's going to say God's going to have sheep nations and God's going to have goat nations. Sheep nations are nations that said, we want to serve God, we want to be a blessing to Israel. Goat nations once said, we're going to do our own thing, what we want to do, and we want to destroy Israel. That's just a Bible fact. It's in the Bible. And so I know that for me, for America, I want America to be a sheep nation. I want America to be a nation that says, we want to please God, we want to do what's right with God. And so... That's the perspective I come from. America, now listen to this, is very fortunate that we can vote and we can choose what kind of leaders we want. We can choose what kind of leaders we want. Now this is what we're going to be talking about. How do you know what choice to make? But I want to tell you, in case you don't understand exactly how our nation works, when I was in school, I didn't pay a lot of stuff attention to civics and all that kind of stuff there because I'm just a young, stupid sinner and I could care less. All I want to do is do my time and get out. But since I've grown older now and watched for several years how our system works, I've learned a whole lot of things. Our states are like many, M-I-N-I, many replicas of what's in Washington, D.C. Our states have a Congress and Senate. Our nation has a Congress and Senate. What our legislators do, they make the laws that we live by. They make laws. We vote people in. If we vote godly people into office, they're going to make laws that are pleasing to God, that are alive with God's moral value from the Bible. If we vote people in that don't believe in God, if we vote people in that don't believe in prayer, in moral things, sexually, 
every other way. They're going to make laws that are a violation of God's holy written word. And when they make those laws there, they become law because there are representatives we voted in. When we vote them in, they're saying, this is what I want because I voted him in. I voted her in, so I believe that either a woman ought to be able to take the life of her unborn child or the unborn child ought to be able to, be able to live and be adopted or something happened, depending on who you vote for. And so the legislators, Congress, Senate, the California Senate, our legislators of California, they make laws for California because of who we vote in. And then we got the, then we got the, the judicial branch. That's the judges, Supreme Court judges, federal judges, state judges. What they do then, when there's a dispute about the laws that were made, the cases come before them, they interpret the law. They're supposed to interpret the law according to what's written in the law. And so they, they then see what the Constitution says, or they see what the Constitution's and the bills say that are in California, and they say, based upon the will of the people that elected the people that made these laws, here's how we have to decide this case because it's in the law here. But when you get judges in that don't believe in moral values, then they can say, well, here's how I think it ought to be, not by what's written. So it all it takes is one man, one woman judge to say, and I've seen it happen in California time and again since I've lived here the last seven years. They put these things on our ballots called amendments. We vote for amendments, but all it takes is two or three people that don't agree with what we voted for the amendments. They say, I don't think it ought to be that way. I'm going to change that. Well, those people that change those things are appointed by the governor. Federal judges are appointed by presidents. So you get people in there that impose their will because they want to, but they didn't get in there if people didn't vote them in there. Because people says, I believe what they believe, so you believe what they believe, you get what they believe. And so the judges are supposed to interpret what's written in the law. And then the last office is the executive office. The executive of California is the governor. The executive of America is the president. The executive branch is the enforcement branch. That would be the state police, the FBI, local police, whoever they are, the attorney generals and people like that. They submit to the executive branch, which is our governor, which is our president. And so their job is to enforce laws that are written on the books. Their job is to force decisions that judges make about the laws. And so if you get a president or a governor that isn't a godly type person that wants to do right because they want to do right in the eyes of God, then they're going to see laws that they want to enforce. And they're going to see laws they don't agree with, they won't enforce. But you get a godly person in, you get a person in that wants to live right in the eyes of God, they've got the fear of God in them, then when they see a law, whether they agree with it or not, they will uphold the law because they're going to answer to God they know. So even if they don't agree with the law, they'll enforce the law. That's what's going on in America right now. We've got politicians in our state, across the land, they have no fear of God in them. Because they have no fear of God in them, they do what they want to do, but somebody voted them in. Somebody said, well, I never, well... You did because you didn't. Hey Amen. Anybody see anything out of this? And so we got those branches of government. And they're there because we vote people in. And so there's serious elections in a month. So you need to be informed so you can vote for godly or ungodly leaders. Godly leaders bring a nation up and allow the grace of God to come in. Ungodly leaders... Bring sin in, the nation goes down. And this is not politics. We're talking about spiritual reality from the Bible. But it affects politics. And so we have two major political parties. And I'm not even going to say what they are. Because I am not pro-party. I'm pro-Jesus. I'm pro-Bible. And I'm not going to get into the mud and mess around with individual politicians or politics. And so they both have what they call their party platform. Has anybody ever heard of the party platform? 
They got the platform. What the platform is, this is a list of what they believe and how they will lead and govern you, your children, and your grandchildren. I want to say that again because the Bible says that God's people are perished for lack of knowledge. And so the party platform tells you what they believe. And, you know, I'll just give you an example real close to home. Our church has our articles of faith. It's in our church constitution what we believe. It's online. You can see it online on our website. We've got copies of the office of what we believe. See, all churches don't believe exactly the same. But you go to a church, you choose your church because of what you know they believe. You come to a church because they believe things that you want to get a hold of because you want to. That's why you go to a church. Well, see, that's the same thing with these party platforms. If you're going to vote for a party, you better know what they believe. If you're going to go to a church, you better know what they believe. I got saved. I got born again in 1980. In 1979, there was a real, real, real become infamous so-called Christian preacher named Jim Jones. I've never heard of him. Jim Jones, I think he came out of California and ended up, didn't he? He started in Indianapolis where I was at. Ended up in California. Jim Jones got a following of thousands of people. He went to a country in South America, and he got those people to think more highly of him than they did Jesus. And then when California sent a congressman out there to investigate, this man had these people so brainwashed, he put poison in Kool-Aid. He had all the people, the kids, drink Kool-Aid, mass suicide, because that preacher believed that. But those people hooked up with the lie. Sad thing about it, across America right now, there's a lot of people drinking Kool-Aid. America is committing slow suicide because people are embracing people that believe anti-Bible things and they're saying, I like what they're saying. They're from the people that my dad and mom loved. They're et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for whatever reasons. They're not listening to their hearts based upon the Bible, but they're going by things that are anti-Bible. And that's causing the death of America. Well, how can you say that? Because the Bible says sin brings the people down. And so I just want to say this. I, I don't debate politics with anybody, public or private. I don't debate platforms about politicians, public or private. So I, don't, I, just, I, I just don't do it. But as a, as a preacher of righteousness, we've got to point out truth. We've got to point out facts. And so, how your grandchildren, how your children's future is going to be is determined upon who leads this nation. And so, a very condensed list on the back of your sheet there is things we need to know about the platforms of the two major parties, the two major political parties. And, you know, if you're getting squirmy right now, getting all kinds of nervous, I cannot help that. I love America more than I love people's feelings about me. I love thinking about the future of America for my grandchildren, about who comes in the locker room with my granddaughters, about who's allowed to speak over the football games, the basketball games, the soccer games, the wrestling matches in my schools. I want the coaches to be able to pray. I want the parents to be able to stand up in the stands and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Then the Lord's Prayer if they need to, or whatever they need to do. I want, I want people of America to be able to say, Jesus, we want you. We love you. And so I, I, I looked at some of those platforms online. You can go to online to the major political parties, and you can read their platforms, just like you go online and read our, 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 our church things that we believe in our church, our doctrines. And so you can read those. They're real simple, the things that affect Christians. To me, the number one thing, we got Party A. Party A, that's against abortion. And we got Party B that's for abortion. And if you know anything at all about God, let me ask you this. How many believe that God is the author of life? How many believe that every time that a woman conceives in her womb, that that's a real human being? 
That's a baby. Well, you know what I learned a long time ago? That baby does not care if it got put in that womb by a 14-year-old boy in the backseat of a car for a girl. It's a baby. That baby does not care if some bad person got a hold of some woman and put that baby there. It's a baby. That baby didn't choose to be there. Somebody put that baby there. And so I want to say this again. I always got to say this. Our church is not hate people. We do not judge or condemn any woman or young girl that's ever got pregnant that wasn't married or ever got pregnant and even had an abortion. We are not not, not anti-people at all. Matter of fact, my heart personally is so much for any woman that's ever gave up a child that I just hurt and cry on the inside and want to help you. So when we're saying things like this, we're not saying we're going to blacklist and be mean to every woman that ever got pregnant. We're never going to say that. We're never, ever, ever, ever going to have the attitude, did you know she had an abortion? We're just going to say we've got nothing but love and compassion for this lady. She has to live with that on the inside of her. She hurts because of her baby. So what I'm saying is this. God Almighty is the author of life. God Almighty says in Psalms 139, said, I know the plans I have for this baby that's inside this belly. He didn't say that I don't like the way this baby got here, so go ahead and don't let this baby ever have a chance to live. God said, i got plans for this baby. And so what I'm saying, listen to me closely. I am not talking about a political party. I'm not talking about an individual politician. I'm talking about the Bible. God said, every child has a right to live. I vote. I will never, ever, 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 the longest day I live, vote for one politician or party that says, I am going to promote and approve for women to kill more babies. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I read the platform. I know what they believe. And so I vote always, always, always. My number one test always is pro-life. Always. Why is that? I'm pro-God. God's pro-life. I do not want to lose the grace of God anymore on my land. The Bible talks over and over and over about those that shed innocent blood. Book of Proverbs even says that there's going to come a day that you're judged if you're part of shedding innocent blood. And you can't say, I didn't know, because God says, you did know. Somebody said... Oh, 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 oh. Well, that's what I hope you said. And also, as you read these party platforms, you go online and read it, and you don't have to read it from some Christian site. Go to their own platforms for the one party and the other party through their own words, their own platform. One platform talks about they want the blessing of God on America. The other one doesn't even mention God at all on their platform. Matter of fact, one party at their national convention a few years ago, they were taking a vote on television at the national convention about putting God back in their platform, and the people booed and shouted down the speakers. And then also, also uh, one, 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 one party is totally for having it in our Constitution that marriage is between one man and one woman. The other was totally against that. I want to go on the side of what God says. Why is that? I'm going to tell you again, that way we keep the politics out of it. Righteousness, godliness, exalts a nation. Sin brings it down. Sin causes us to lose the grace. As I read the book of 1 Kings, it lists king after king after king, and it says king so-and-so caused their nation to sin. And then God turned the nation over to their enemies. I do not want the enemies of America coming into America any further than they've already got. I want the FBI and the CIA, our military specialists, to have the grace of God on them. I want our people to be the ones that are doing the eavesdropping on what the enemy is saying, not them coming into our computers to find out what we're saying. 
I want to say that again. I want our military back under the blessing of God. I want our leaders back under the blessing of God. Is this provoking anybody's thinking? Amen. And then also, one party is for school choice. The other party's against it. And so, you know, right right on down the line, you can go look at these things on the website and see where these parties stand. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're heading in the home stretch, but I want to say it again. This is serious because it is serious in America. It is serious. And you know what I don't, well, a lot of things I don't like. I'll stay in the spirit. But what I think's happened to a degree that I don't like, there's broadcasters and there's people that are making bets on the election like some kind of a stupid ball game. This isn't the Super Bowl. This isn't the World Series. We're talking about for the next dozens and dozens of years what our school system is going to be like. What our health care system is going to be like. What our military is going to be like. What our media is going to be like. What we're going to see and what we're going to hear. What our churches are going to be like. That's what we're talking about. We need to read the platforms because every time we vote for somebody that's hooked up to a platform, let me tell you something about politicians. Just listen real closely. If you don't hear anything else today, listen to this. The main thing being promoted right now in the news is the highest office in the land. But on both parties, that's just one person representing thousands of persons of the party. Our school board right now has people up for election. They will affect us more than these national politicians. Our county commissioners will affect us more than our upper politicians. Our people in our local region, in our state, are also part of those parties. And here's what I've learned. It works in this church this way. It works in a corporation this way. It works in the nation this way. In our church, sometimes people have a problem with one of our leaders about decisions, one of the leaders of the church maker do something. But what you've got to realize those leaders answer to me and the policies we make. And so what we do here is corporate. In our nation, in our city, you might have a buddy-buddy running for a local office. They're part of the corporate policy. Their decisions come down from Washington, D.C. and Sacramento, California. So you're not just voting for a person, you're voting for a party. There may be things a person wants to do. But they can't do them because their platform won't allow them to. So we have to realize we can't just listen to individuals. We've got to look at platform. And let me throw one more thing out at you about these platforms. I began to realize a few months ago that if I've got one platform that's 100% against everything I believe, I know they're going to do me no good. And if I've got the other platform that at least believes in probably 75% of what I do, that I know I'd rather have 75% of something going my direction with God and the Bible than 100% I know is not. That promotes your thinking, any? Amen. And so, chapter 7, now look at this. This will speak right to Californians more than anybody in the whole nation, probably. It should. This is God talking. He said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Somebody say, duh. You want it to rain? Huh? Okay, I'll tell you who controls the rain spigot. It's God. But you know who controls what he can do? It's you. It's me. If I shut up, have to be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, that's talking about a lot of these weather catastrophes. A lot of these things happen across our land. He said, the God said, if I have to shut it off because of judging your land for sin, what he's talking about. He said, then, if my people, which are called by my name, we're not called Muslims, we're not Buddhists, we're not Hindus, we're Christians. We're called by the name of Jesus. This is the Bible. He's talking to us. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray... 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked voting. I mean, wicked ways. We need to start voting righteous. You need to vote platform. You need to see what they believe. Vote for people that believe in line with the Bible. Then will I hear from heaven, and then I will forgive their sin, and then I'll heal their land. Repentance from sin, turning around and doing right, brings the rain. You know the wildfires come because things are dried up and burned. There's no wet. I want America restored again. I went, with, I went to Wright Widow picnic with my son and his family yesterday. I saw all the burned out stuff. It's horrible. I want America getting rain again. I want California getting rain again. And so nearly everything in the Bible has a God part and a people part. A God part and a people part. God said, turn from sin, pray, seek my face, do right, and then he's going to bless the land again. So another way to say it is this, the blessings of God are conditional. The blessings of God are conditional. And so when we do our part, glory to God, God will do his part, because he said he would. We do our part, he'll do his part, he'll heal the land. And so I'm going to close with Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and verse 20. These are words to live by. These are words to ponder and think about for things you've heard today. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, <clears throat> blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I'm pro-life. You pro-life? I choose life when I vote. Amen. I choose blessing when I vote. That both thou and thy seed may live. That's your children. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God. That thou mayest obey his voice. Well, that's his voice through the word talking about righteousness. And sin, the difference, where the blessing comes, where the grace comes from. It says that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore to thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give. And so pray, be informed. Where the party you vote for stands according to God's righteous standards is written in the Bible. And pray, pray, pray. America will rise or fall based upon, based upon Christian choices. We have a choice as Christians. We have a voice. And so I just really, just no matter who you are or where you stand, if you've never been involved with the political process, register to vote, go online, read the platforms of the parties involved, and if they say, that word gets these things here that God's for. Say, whoa, you're not my party. After the other one says, hey, we're for these things and God's for these things. Say, you know what? That's my party right there because they're in agreement with God. And I want the grace back on my country. I want the blessing back. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up.